WHHH-FM Indianapolis. It's time to take a look at what's going on in and around Indy. It's Open Lines, your eye on the community on High 96.3. This show is paid for by the Indianapolis Urban League, an African-American coalition of Indianapolis, as part of the Indianapolis African-American Quality of Life Initiative. And good Sunday morning to you, Indianapolis. It is Sunday, June 13th, 2021. I'm Indy's newsman, Cameron Riddle, here on the 106.7 WTLC and Hot 96.3 Studios on this Sunday with a very special edition of Open Lines as this hour, we want to hear from you. Today's show is paid for by the Indianapolis Urban League and the African-American Coalition of Indianapolis as part of the Indianapolis African-American Quality of Life Initiative. What that means is there is literally $100 million that is up for grabs. The Urban League, the National Urban League and the Indianapolis Urban League have a big pot of money and they want to know how can they make life for black Hoosiers in Indianapolis better. This morning, what you say on the air is a part of the official record of what needs to be done with that money. Nothing you say this morning is a stupid answer, is a bad suggestion. Everything is going on the list. And it can go anywhere from uh, more money for school programs or businesses or Uh, investing in hiring more black people, making more black millionaires. We want to hear everything, everything that's been on your chest that you said, man, if there was just some money poured into this, life for X, Y, and Z could be better. That is your task this morning. That's all we're talking about on the show this morning. So I want you to start calling me right now. 317-239-9696. 317-239-9696. Where this money goes is literally up to you. There's $100 million, and it's going to go in a number of different places. Not necessarily $100 million to just one thing, but $100 million spread across Whatever needs it. If it could be a transportation initiative. It could be uh, anything. Like, I can't express that it's anything. What you say when you call in will officially go on the record. Uh, Marshawn Woolley, uh, who is a man of many talents and many hats, is working with us on behalf of the uh, African-American Coalition. And he will join us on the show in just a second to have this conversation with you and I and literally take notes. Already, we've been on the air for less than three minutes. All of my lines are busy. That tells me we're about to have a good conversation. Of course, this started on Friday with Tina's show uh, on Community Connection when she went on for two hours uh, having a conversation about um, where this money should go. And she got a ton of callers. We're going to continue that conversation today and right now. Marshawn Woolley joins us on the Open Lines Live Line. Marshawn, good morning. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Very pleased to be here. I'm glad you are here. I'm glad that there's $100 million that somebody wants to know where that should go. Well, I I want to know what they want, uh, where the money should go as well. Um, I'm very pleased to be a part of the Engaging Solutions team that's leading the community opportunity assessment. Uh, We are seeking to figure out what the priorities are for really almost a a once in a generation opportunity to really have an impact on uh, the Indianapolis black community. Well, Marshawn. I can tell you, we haven't been on the air four minutes, and the phone lines are already completely busy. So that means people definitely have a lot to say. Give us a quick little background, though, on where this money came from and where it could go. Certainly. So around this time last year, um, there was an announcement. It was a game-changing announcement where the Lilly Endowment announced that they would be giving money to the Indianapolis Urban League and African American uh, coalition of Indianapolis. Now, that doesn't mean that there's $100 million sitting over in the Indianapolis Urban League. The National Urban League has the $100 million, and what we do is um, we work together 
to try to figure out um, really a process for prioritizing the needs of the African-American community in Indianapolis, Marion County. I think it's important to note that $100 million is, is um, quite a sum, but at the same time, it's not going to be enough to do everything that we want to do. And so there's going to be uh, real opportunities to leverage these resources to really, um, you know, expand opportunity for black people in Indianapolis. But the first thing we got to do is figure out what are our priorities. And so uh, I've been engaged um, working with the Engaging Solutions team on what we call the Community Opportunity Assessment. And uh, we've been talking to folks all over the city, um, young folks, older folks, uh, workers, executives, nonprofit leaders, government leaders, um, you know, LGBTQ, single mothers, single fathers, returning citizens, just about any person you could think of that represents some segment of our community to make sure that we hear as many voices. I mean, there's 250,000 Black people, roughly in the city of Indianapolis, that would make us the third largest city uh, in the state when you think about the scale of our community. So uh, it has been quite an effort. We'll talk about what some of the issues that have come up in the conversations you've already had. You just mentioned that you've talked to a list of people from different backgrounds, everything from, uh, as you said, that list of people, single moms to pastors to elected officials to entrepreneurs to nonprofits to black retirees to uh, returning citizens, black workers, civil rights, activists, elders, youth, black college students, vocational students, single fathers, black millennials, Generation X, baby boomers, the black silent generation, black media. Uh, black government officials, black elected officials, black pastors, uh, black grassroots leaders, black grass tops leaders. Uh, that's the list of some of the groups uh, that Marshawn and Indigating Solutions and the Indianapolis Urban League and the African American Coalition of Indianapolis have already talked to this morning. It's time to bring that conversation on the radio. And Marshawn, we're going to do that right now. And then we'll go back and talk about some of the things that maybe you've already heard. But as I said, the phone lines are already on fire. 317-239-9696. 317-239-9696. That's the number to get on the air and get in line to give your suggestion, your request on where $100 million is going to go to make life for black Hoosiers in Indianapolis better. Let's start the conversation right now on the phone lines. Remember, everything you say is on the record. And this morning, I don't want, uh, I want everybody, even our regulars to call, but we're not going to preach this morning. We're going to give uh, our suggestion and keep it rolling because we've got a lot of people who are going to going to want to talk this morning. Let's go to the phones and start on line one. Caller, good morning. Uh, You're live on the air. Good morning, Larry. All you have to do, Cameron, is look up the meaning in Black's Law of what a promoter is. And then if the uh, if Urban League is getting this money, they have been dealing with the uh, unfortunate people in our community for almost 100 years. Okay, I'm going to stop you right there, Chief. All right, hang on. I'm going to stop you right there. Remember, I said no preaching today. Do you have yeah, a suggestion? You're already I preaching. Give, give it to me. Let's go. They, they allow the Lilly Foundation to appropriate this money without the cross of having puff men go out like Marshawn. He's a puff man. That's what he is. All right. He's you're not- wasting my time. Thank you. 317-239-9696. 317-239-9696. I got a lot of people who want to get on the air. We can preach or go to Larry's uh, YouTube page for another time if we want to waste time. This morning, 317-239-9696 is the number to get on the air and give your actual suggestion and just like that the phone lines are busy again let's go to line two and try this again good morning you're live on open lines who's this uh yeah this is chad boss how you doing today? i'm good chad how are you sir i mean i'm doing well that is good and so no preaching involved here mm-hmm. but at the same time let's cut to the point and talk about what you you know what i'm saying have brought across to us thank you and you know listen man you know what i mean in indianapolis especially in its districts the schools are horribly in need of an upgrade and uplift for the children at hand. I mean, this is so very critically important, and this is an opportunity that this change can be made right now. And I'm speaking about the youth of IPS. Not only that, but we have uh, uh, young blacks who are uh, IPUI. We have, you know, uh, uh, right here in this area, mm-hmm. to be able to do so much more for our communities. It's just so much more that we could do there. And so I don't want to hold you up too long, but I think that we G- could give me, can, can you give hey. me a specific 
something that's transformational, something that's actually like a suggestion. It education. It needs to be placed into the education of our youth. It needs to be placed into the education and into the training up of our youth and the training up also of these youth's parents. We need to retrain ourselves. So at the same time, so that we can go ahead and be able to move forward and move forward with, 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 with the luxuries that this world has to offer. So you want something more, more outreach uh, between the, the schools and the families so that everybody's on one page, some more, yeah, I, more teaching to the parents. Well, not so much more teaching, even, you know what I'm saying, just better teachers, more teachers, more concerned teachers, just getting more people on board in regards to black education and how important it is. And it's more than just going to school and sitting there. It brings so much more to your life later down the line in the future. And our black you know what I'm saying, youth aren't able to see that. They're not seeing that. They're not seeing that. They're not seeing 30 years down the damn line. All right. So, no, we need to put it in they butts right now. We need to stick it in them, whether they, you know, and then we have to make this thing exciting for them. All right. So, so no. On, you don't make education exciting. I don't know what else to say. Okay. It gets all- but the outcomes of it, the outcomes of learning and higher learning, this is what we need. All right. Thank this you. Is, this, right. This is one last thing. And this will open your eyes to, it, you know, when people is trying to get over on you or do you or trying to, man, you'll be up on game. It ain't just street hustle. It ain't just street hustle. It's so much more than that. All right. Thank you for the call, Chad. I appreciate it. Yep. Marshawn, here's here's my here's my example, and this I would like this added to the record. I okay. would like, and this is the example, listeners, give me something like this, something specific. Marshawn, when school is over, and I've talked about this on this show before, when school is okay. over, I wish that there was some sort of after school program that in that was connected to all eleven of Indianapolis' school district, not just IPS, but all of them, so that after school there is a place where our kids, if they're not involved in sports or band, can go and learn some other things, whether it be uh, how to do broadcasting or learn how to do hair or cook, some sort of after-school initiative where they can Mm -hmm. go and stay, they can do their homework, um, and then once their homework is done, they're going to get a meal. And then once their meal is done, it's dark, I want them to be put back on school buses and delivered home. Only thing they got to do when they get home is take a shower, go to bed, and get ready for the next day of school. That is to keep uh, more kids out of trouble, giving them something more productive to do. We know where they are, but more importantly, we know where they're not. Some people would say that that is uh, babysitting or is daycare. Call it what you will. But it is a solution that's going to take some money and a lot of collaboration, but something um, that is uh, very, very intentional on what we're doing with our kids that I just don't, I don't want to see them just sitting around. I want them to be able to be going to North central, but be sent over to the West side to go to Ben Davis's after school program. If that's what it takes mm-hmm. uh, for them to get into broadcasting, that kind of uh, some sort of after school indie mm-hmm. at night, call it whatever you want, but that would. So, yeah, no, I appreciate uh, this conversation for a couple of reasons. First, I think, uh, you and the caller have hit on both a priority issue or a couple priority issues, which is kind of, which is what we're looking for, both education and youth. Those seem to be priorities. And then the specific details are things that we can um, think through and kind of work through um, both in this process and identifying them. And then we have another process where we've engaged experts to kind of piece these ideas together and to really think through, um, you know, the the highest impact, highest and best use impact of dollars. And if you're going to do something in education, what's, you know, the best thing to do. But this has been excellent thus far. I, I hope to hear more comments from um, the, the audience. I think there's plenty more where that came from because my phone lines are still ringing and are still busy. 317-239-9696. Let's go to the caller on line three. Good morning. You're live on Open Lines. Who's this? Hi, this is Brittany Salas. How are you today, Cameron? I'm good. How are you? It's a pleasure to talk to you. I'm doing well. I'm Thank so you. excited about this conversation, and I'm going to make it a short and sweet, just piggybacking some off of what you said mm-hmm. about having programs that, that the children can mm-hmm. Um, Being educated in these different areas for people who aren't in sports, who aren't in band, mm-hmm. who like to write. 
uh, maybe their dream is to become an author or a columnist. Black children in accounting and, and other areas in the financial industry, we don't see that a lot. In tax, um, it wasn't exposed to me in school as a black student. And as I've gotten older and come into the financial industry, I see things in our community that we were not exposed to. Um, and watching the stimulus money come in and realizing that for a lot of us, we got the money, we needed the money, but didn't exactly know how to spend the money and make the money turn to other things. And I think we can hit that head on um, through education and at a, uh, a school level where they're still in school, young adults, um, maybe young parents, and begin to educate people on finances as part of the general curriculum in these after-school programs, and then allow them to go into their different areas, as you spoke of, um, barbering, broadcasting, uh, tax and accounting, um, it maybe even they want to study to be able to become a legal assistance because they hope to be an attorney where we're able to get some uh, college credits that can maybe turn into some different programs and different degrees and things for our students. So that's what I have to say about it. I definitely think that we should be putting some of that money into uh, education for our children, enrichment uh, for children who are not um, necessarily what in the programs we think they should be and be able to get out and get what they need and develop new a new generation of educated, financially educated, young black children who are going into uh, entrepreneurships or into these corporations with these things already under wrap. Brittany, thank you so much for that uh, suggestion. That was awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Yep. Have a good day. I'll enjoy the rest of the show. Thank you. Marshawn, how's that work? That, so those are, um, those are exactly the kind of comments that we're looking for, um, the emphasis on financial literacy as well as education and just really giving our young people or really the black community mm-hmm. opportunity to dream. And I, that's the, one of the particular project. Our community is in a position to dream. So. 317-239-9696. We are on the air this morning with Marshawn Woolley as we have a special edition of Open Lines on this Sunday morning asking you where it is you would like $100 million to be spent. It could be anywhere from education to business to your neighborhoods uh, to, to grocery stores to where we work to vocational training to college training. There is no right or wrong answer this morning, and we want to hear from you. 317-239-9696. Everything you say today uh, is officially going in the actual record of what uh, people want this $100 million to go to. You're not just on the radio this morning just talking to Cameron, just uh, giving your opinion. You're actually being part of the official survey when you call into the show this morning. Open Lines today is paid for by the Indianapolis Urban League and the African-American Coalition of Indianapolis as part of the Indianapolis African-American Coalition Quality of Life Initiative. 317-239-9696. Let's go back to the phone lines. Caller on line two. Good morning. Who's this? Good morning. This is uh, Robert Johnson. How you doing this morning, Cameron? I'm good, Robert. How are you, sir? Man, doing well. I'm... uh... I've been listening to your conversation, and it's definitely uh, a great idea. Personally, I'm a product of uh, North Central High School, graduate in 86. Mm-hmm. Going through school, we had apprenticeships. We had construction trades. We had organized uh, youth sports like we're after school, the Flanner House. Different things were very important in my life. And there was also religion in school. You know, you had to, we had discipline. Our parents could control us a little bit more. I like to see some of that funding go back into vocational training. They kind of monetize that now to where they don't offer it like in school anymore. There's a lot of uh, schools that you could graduate with a certificate and go right into the trades. Not all of us want to be financial advisors or Mm -hmm. lawyers or this. Mm -hmm. And it's been historically known that, us as African-Americans, if we can use our hands, we can make money. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you know how to uh, build something, if you know how to uh, weld, uh, drywall, carpenting, I think skilled trades or apprenticeships should be back in school and not monetized at a level after high school. Amen. All right. That's all I have. All right, Robert, thank you. We got that on the record. Appreciate your call, sir. Thank you. 
317-239-9696. Marshawn, whenever you want to jump in, you just stop me because yep. I'm trying to get as many calls and as many things on your list as possible. Uh, You're doing you're doing great. Thank you. Thank you. 317-239-9696. Callers, when you call in, for those of you who are new to the show, I do not yet have a person who answers the phone. It's me. So I see somebody keeps calling and hanging up. When you when you call and then you hear the radio in your phone, that means you're next in line. So just stay right there. Don't hang up because I didn't greet you yet. 317-239-9696. If you hear the radio in your phone, that means you're coming up. So don't hang up. 317-239-9696. Let's go to caller on line three. Good morning. Who's this? You're live on open lines. Hello? My name is. Hey, you're live Hello? on the air. Yeah, you're live on the air. Good morning. Who's this? Hi. Um, my name is Ashley Rowley. I am a mother. Good morning, Ashley. Two kids. Good morning. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I am a mother of two kids. Now, the COVID has shown me on the online, parents are not, a lot of parents are not schooled to even know how to work the computer. Mm. So literally, it was hard for my child to learn how to even, I mean, I mean to learn because we have so many parents that didn't even know how to get on to the program or teach their child to, 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 work the, the, to work the computer. Got you. Got so you. I feel like a lot of children this year have been robbed of literally the education. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, so more so more my suggestion is oh, I'm sorry. No, no, no. So you're saying more help for parents to get uh parents so that they can understand how to help their kids. Yes. And and also for this summer for the kids. Because my son is, is very smart but he could have been Talk, he could have been talk more. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay, Ashley, thank you for the call. I appreciate it. You know, Cameron, uh, the, the caller and a few of the callers have raised um, some interesting points. One of the questions that we have is, you know, what are the major challenges African-Americans face mm-hmm. in the city? And kind of understanding that is also very helpful for us. Excellent. Excellent. We're t- a lot of folks have called in with things about education and things for their children. Um, all of those have been great thus far. This conversation can be also outside of education. Anything. You're driving down the street every day and you're like, man, if I had some money or if somebody would just invest in this corner or if somebody would invest in this building or if someone would invest in this program, this is the conversation that could lead to making that become a reality. When you call 317-239-9696, it can be anything. If it's how do we get to work easier, if it's how do we get jobs in our neighborhood, if it's how do I improve this in my neighborhood, anything. We want it on the list. 317-239-9696. Caller on line one. Good morning. Who's this? Pardon me. How you doing, Cameron? Hey, I'm good. How you doing? I'm good. And uh, hello to Marshawn. Appreciate you. I called Tina the other day and I had a thing a couple of suggestions. I'm going to use the same ones. One was there's a problem. I, I, first of all, I went to the Urban League's mission statement and read thoroughly through their mission statement and their five points of interest. So, people, if you get a chance, go to the Urban League's uh, website and look at their mission statement. Five points. Can you hear me, Cameron? Yes, hear me? yes, I hear you. Okay, and look at their five points to two that of interest. There are different subcategories in those points, but that may clear you up on what the Urban League actually deal with. And one of them I mentioned was was definitely home ownership. We've got a problem with people being able to access uh, property either by rentals or by home ownership. There's a shortage of homes. So my, one of my suggestions was to, to gather a large swath of land and sort of like the Habitat for Humanity uh, 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 program, build affordable housing. So either people can either, either rent, which produces income, or own, which still produces income and helps build up property values. I'm driving through many areas right now, and Caucasians are building up a lot of land. And so we, we need land. We need homes. We need home ownership. We need land. Land is income. Land is equity. So when they talk about leveraging this money, you know, land is leverage. Uh, number two would be legal assistance. I just read a critical Supreme, Indiana Supreme Court case of a gentleman who had a drug case 
uh, his Range Rover was taken for a $400 uh, uh, drug deal, and the Indiana Supreme Court slapped the police department down and gave him his Range Rover back and told him there was no grounds to take his car. Someone had to represent him in court to make sure he got his, his uh, rights uh, adjudicated. That's what black people have a problem with. My mother has given out plenty of free legal care over the years, and my sister, but that's when he, and that's in the Urban League's mission statement about criminal justice and legal system and things like that. My fear is that we have a measurable time frame to see any of these things implemented and will and see results being a scientific person and see results because ultimately sometimes things happen and, and this is just having a, a analytical analysis of it. We won't see anything. I've lived here long enough to see Martin Luther King look the way it's looked for a long time, Brightwood for a long time, Hallwell for a long time. So my hope is and that we really see substantial, measurable change with this money and not eaten up into administrative costs. I'm just putting it out there for us conscious folks. That's the way we see things sometimes. Thanks for coming call. MOTEP, thank you very much. Marshawn, uh, we're getting ready to take a break here in a second. What do you think of what we've heard so far? No, I, I, I appreciate all the comments and the insights. Um, unique opportunity. Want to come to the community, both get understanding as well as, you know, be held accountable. I mean, I, this is going to be, uh, this is being done with the community, not for the community. And so um, this is, this is great. This has been good. All right. 317-239-9696. 317-239-9696. That's the number to call to get on the air this morning and get your suggestion actually in the official report of what Indianapolis wants done with $100 million that is up for grabs to go anywhere to improve the quality of life for black Hoosiers in Indianapolis. You're listening to a special edition of Open Lines, which will continue in just moments. Today's show is paid for by the Indianapolis Urban League and African American Coalition of Indianapolis as part of the Indianapolis African American Quality of Life Initiative. We're back taking more of your calls after this. We want to hear from you, your thoughts, your views, your voice. We are your eye on the community. It's Open Lines on Hot 96.3. Let's get back to Open Lines, your eye on the community on Hot 96.3. This show is paid for by the Indianapolis Urban League, an African-American coalition of Indianapolis, as part of the Indianapolis African-American Quality of Life Initiative. Are back here on Open Lines on Sunday, June 13th, 2021. I'm Indy's newsman, Cameron Woodall, 106.7 WTLC and Hot 96.3 this morning as we are having a conversation about where you want $100 million to go. It can go anywhere. There's no right or wrong answer. Nothing's too stupid. Nothing's too big. Nothing is too small. This morning's show is paid for by the Indianapolis Urban League and the African-American Coalition of Indianapolis as part of the Indianapolis African-American Quality of Life Initiative. That is who is asking, where is it that you want $100 million to go? When you call into the show here this morning, what you say will officially go on the record of the survey of what Hoosiers want done with this money on our live line uh, with us all hour long as we take your calls is Marshawn Woolley. He's got a pen in hand. He's at a computer. He is literally writing down what it is you say to put it into the record. Marshawn, um, we've had a good first half hour of, of yeah. callers and different ideas. What is something um, I, you, we briefly talked, I just want to, throw this out there so people can understand what's already uh, kind of been pitched um, so far. And folks, some of the top 10 issues that you guys have already heard with this long list of, of black folks in Indianapolis from a number of different organizations and categories mm -hmm. um, has been employment opportunities. Uh, the second most, uh, the second top, second of the top 10 issues has been African-Americans living in silos. Housing issues is the third 
Access to healthy food is the fourth. Quality of education is number five. Lack of black-led institutions is number six. Mental health and wellness is the number seven issue. Opportunity and access is eight. Black elitism and exclusion is number nine. And systematic racism is number 10. What do you make of that list that you guys have got so far? No, it is a a very comprehensive uh, list when you look at the set of opportunities that are out here to have an impact on African-American quality of life. They cover the gamut of economic issues, social issues, um, things that we got to do internally that may not even have a program or money assigned to it. Where We just got to sit down and do the hard work as a community coming together, but mm-hmm. definitely issues where we should be um, thinking about the best way to leverage resources, not only the $100 million, but other resources throughout the community to have some kind of impact. Um, One of the things I think we're also interested in as a part of this assessment is understanding our assets. So um, assets being, you know, values or attitudes, either I mentioned there were the third largest, you know, population in the state, you know, what are some of the assets that we have as a community? And I'd, be, I'd love to hear the community respond to that question. What are our strengths? I just want to point out before we go to the calls that I, I've lived in different cities and different states. And I think Indianapolis is is the city with the most untapped potential for mm-hmm. what for a number of reasons. There, there are a lot of people who are trying to do good things, but have to leave the city to go get that opportunity that they wanted to do right here, whether that's some kind of grassroots, whether that's Mm -hmm. a non-for-profit, you name it. There are a lot of people who are in control who want to keep Indianapolis as a, in my mind, what I would call it, a second-tier city because the excuse they always say is, oh, we're not a city like Chicago. That's a real big city. Like, Mm -hmm. that, that is one of the things that keeps us back because people still like to call Indianapolis a small town. And in that, it is holding us back, in my opinion, from a lot of different opportunities uh, and, and specifically impacting black life. Have you heard? Have that, is that the first time you've heard something like that? That is not the first time. Um, and I think the way that you frame that as just the, the asset and the potential that is here, that's um, one of the things that we're trying to understand. What is you know, what is the potential? Where are the assets and how, what could we be doing um, to build on those assets? That'll be another question that I'll ask a little bit later. All right, let's go to the phones. 317-239-9696. A lot of people have been waiting over the commercial break and we appreciate it. I know the line is already busy. So if you are still trying to get in, keep trying. As soon as you hear somebody hang up, dial the phone because that means the line is open. 317-239-9696. Let's start on line one. Caller, good morning. You're live on the air. Who's this? Hello? Hello there. All right, I'm going to put him back on. I'm not going to hang up on him. Caller on line two. Hello there. Who's this? This is Miss Johnson. Miss Jackson, good morning. Good morning. I like the suggestions that I've heard so far. Mm-hmm. I'm an educator, and I've been preparing for the last three years to present a curriculum on financial literacy for children. We send our children to school to learn and make good grades so one day they'll graduate and perhaps go to college and get a good job. But if they don't know how to manage their money, it doesn't matter how good the job is. They need to be taught money management at an early age That way they can practice it, and by the time they do graduate, they have a good uh, foundation to handle the money as well as to invest the money. I've written a book entitled, Are You a Smart Money Manager for Children? And then the second book I'm working on is, Are You a Smart Investor for Children? And the third book will be, Are You a Smart entrepreneur. So children need to be taught at an early age while their brain is fresh and hungry for knowledge so they can practice money skills, how to make it, how to use it, how to invest it, and then become entrepreneurs, even if they become a professional uh, in 
a lawyer, doctor, whatever, they still need another stream of income because the way the economy and our world is, the way it shifts and changes so quickly, they need a skill of their own. I um, worked at a um, mission, and there were homeless people that came in, and I encouraged them to start their own business. Many people have the misconception that you have to have money to make money. But homeless people, when I suggested to them... What do you like? What do you do well? Do that. Think outside the box. And one man, he was homeless. He was a felon. And I said, what do you like to do? What are you good at? He said he was into bodybuilding. I said, well, think outside the box and use that as a business. This man who was homeless, penniless, felon, he started his own. He came back and told me he started his own business. he became a personal trainer, and he didn't have to buy equipment or rent a place. He would ask his client, what is the nearest gym to, uh, where you live? And he would go there, and he would work out with his clients. Instead of saving money to buy, um, to rent an apartment, first month's rent, last month's rent, deposit, and all of that, he thought outside the box, and he rented office space. In the office space, he didn't have to pay utilities. Air conditioning he had, he had heat in the wintertime, he had a break room where he could fix his meals, there were bathrooms where he could wash up, he didn't have to invest in suits and ties and clothes, he could buy t-shirts and and, uh, gym clothes. So, So Ms. Jackson, what you've given us here is a number of different ideas and ways to think outside of the box. Uh, When it comes to financial literacy and having multiple sources of income, and as the guy who is a TV news reporter, school bus driver, and radio talk show host, uh, I totally get that point of uh, having multiple sources of income and thinking outside the box. Thank you for the call. You're welcome. Uh, Marshawn, both what she said and something Emotep said on the other side of the commercial break was also about, uh, it was essentially learning financial literacy and understanding real estate. That's something that I wish that I knew more about because I'm seeing lots of plots of land, not just buying a house, but all this empty land for sale. Yep. I, I'm, I've been trying to learn, you know, that, that's nothing but that grass is green, but all I'm seeing is green money. That's something I wish I would have learned earlier on. Yeah, uh, there there are some real opportunities out here. So um, I think the book that was mentioned, the fact that we have people out here that are trying to design uh, different programs to help each other. I know we talked to some young folks over at Broad, not, uh, in Martindale Brightwood, and one of the things they said is they feel a lot of care and they feel that um, there are adults that are out here trying to help. Those are one of the assets that we have. And so in understanding our assets, we have the opportunity to continue to invest in those assets to kind of improve our community. And so um, very interested to understand how we look at ourselves. What are our strengths? 317-239-9696-317-239-9696. Caller, let's go to, I think we're at line three. Caller, good morning. You're live on Open Lines. Who's this? Hey, Cameron. How are you doing this morning? I'm good. How are you, sir? Oh, I'm well. This is Paul calling. Greetings to everybody that's listening, including your guests. Uh, powerful show, Cameron. Real powerful. I, I'm really enjoying this show. Thank you. Uh, and uh, uh, and I don't know who's responsible for this and that $100 million. I don't know who's responsible, whether it be the mayor or the governor. That would be it's, the Lilly you know, Foundation. That would be the Lilly, yeah. Lilly, no, okay. no, no politician. Um, uh, my, my only thing is, as far as the racism goes, if we want to start uh, at the beginning, I would suggest that we take some of that money and go downtown and remove that uh, 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 slavery uh, uh, statue downtown, that monument, also monument circle facing the Capitol building. Uh, if we want to end some of this racism and the, and the state and the governor, whoever's responsible for those things, if they want to show us that they really concerned about our community and want to stop this racism, well, let's start tearing down some of these statues, especially the one at Monument Circle. All so right. that, that's my point. That's my portion right there. You guys have a great day, Cameron. Again, great show, dude. Great show. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. Uh, Marshawn, right. before we go back to the phones, I want to ask you on that top 10 list, uh, number two is African-Americans living in silos. Can you briefly tell us what that means? Yeah, so uh, this came up quite often, the idea that there are some African-Americans that are doing well in the mm-hmm. city, 
they have access to resources. They're able to leverage those resources to have an family and maybe even their friends and mm-hmm. maybe even um, their their networks. Mm-hmm. But then there's a lot of folks who don't have either access to resources or if the resources are available, they don't have the ability to navigate all these systems that we have out here. And so we have a black community that's doing well, but we have, I think, probably a larger black community that isn't doing as well. And we got to figure out how to get us together. I know, I think um, from the orientation, from what we've heard from the community is, if we're all not doing well, then I'm not doing well. So that means we all got to, we all got to be in this together. And so that's something that's come up, but we had to recognize that some folks are doing well. A lot of folks aren't. And is that similar to, to issue number nine, which is black elitism and exclusion? Yeah. So I mentioned earlier, there's going to be some things that um, when we go through this process may not be money issues. They may be more community issues that we have to figure out how to work through. And that's OK. Um, this is, you know, one hundred million dollars. We're going to leverage it to do everything that we can, because it's at the end of the day, it's um, not all the resources that we need. But uh, I think it's a real opportunity to really look at our community and think through, okay, w- what gets us to that future state that we want to be at? What gets us to, you know, the best place for Black families to, you know, raise a child, have a great career, um, have some fun on the weekends, that kind of thing. 317-239-9696. That's the number to get on the air this morning. We are on with Marshawn Woley as we have a special edition of Open Lines this morning asking you, where is it that you want $100 million to come from? The money came from the Lilly Endowment and then was sent over uh, to the Urban League. And now they want to know, all right, what do you want to do with it? They They are literally taking a survey. And everything that has been said on the air thus far is literally going in the report of what Hoosiers would like to see done with this money to improve the quality of life for black Hoosiers in Indianapolis. Let's so, go ahead. So Cameron, um, before we, before we leave, one of the questions that we always like to ask is how do you empower the next generation of leaders? Um, we're actually going to have a show on Tuesday where we will um, have area high school students at four o'clock on which TV mm-hmm. answer that question. You know, how, how, how do you um, improve the quality of life from a young person's perspective? But we mm-hmm. were in this conversation, we love ideas on how do you empower the next generation, the next cadre of leaders? Mm-hmm. All right. We'll turn that question to our audience at 317-239-9696. Let's go to the caller on line two. Good morning. You're live on Open Lines. Who's this? Good morning. This is Nyla. Not, hi, Nyla. What's your suggestion? Good morning. Well, my suggestion is that, first of all, we ask the Urban League to keep uh, be transparent as they issue the money out. It went to this, it went. To, it was allocated here to do X number of, of, of activities or whatever. Also looking at how to, in, how to get our public schools to open the gyms that we already have, that these activities that you were speaking about, Cameron, can happen once again, because m- many of us stayed after school and we didn't necessarily play sports. Sometimes we may have just uh, hung out and talked with our friends for a while. So open access to what we already have, seeing what how we get those funds to open up to do that. And maybe the gym teacher stays over and she's paid to do it or he's paid to do it. But looking at, again, that. And also application. I was at the library watching a gentleman just literally almost flipping out trying to get his application done. He said, all I need is some help to get it done. The librarian was saying, hey, uh, you know, cost of COVID, I can't, you know, all of this stuff. So I quietly went over to the librarian. I said to him, you know, doing this stuff may be really, because he, he made the comment to the gentleman, but you just, dude, you just got to learn to do this yourself. So I went quietly over to his desk and I said, sir, I said, for a lot of people, it may come real easy for you to hop on the computer, press those buttons and go straight through. But for some of the folks, they don't have access and this is their only access. So, you know, you may have to help a little more with it. So he went over, stood his distance and said, here's what you need to do. And so those kinds of things are needed. Open access to just get applications done because some of these applications are very lengthy 
And so you can't come back and try to save it and come back because if you don't have somebody to help you through that process, it doesn't get done. All so right. I'm hoping that the Urban League will look at how to get people access and people to help people get through those application processes. All right. Nyla, thank you so much for the call. Thank yep. you. Bye. No, that, that's important. Both navigators, that's something that we've heard, um, help, having people help people step through uh, these systems. And so, <clears throat> accountability, like that's, that's one of the things um, that, that we've heard as well, the, the desire for transparency, and um, that, that's been heard loud and clear. One of the other things that we're also thinking about is how to make this sustainable. Um, that's a question that we've had for the community and their thoughts on basically how to, how do you, once we're successful, because we believe we're going to be successful with the assistance of the community, how do you continue that? How do you maintain that sustainability? All right. We are having a special edition of Open Lines. It is 854. And I want to do basically a little uh, power, couple of power minutes, getting as many phone calls and ideas in as possible before we go off the air. So what I'm going to ask is that you call in and in 30 seconds or less, if possible, straight to the point with as much detail. I know I'm asking you to do the two opposite things. Be straight to the point as possible with as much detail as possible and as short as amount of time as possible. But that is the challenge to everybody who calls uh, so we can get as many people on. $100 million up, from gra- up for grabs from the Lilly Endowment. What do you want to do with the money? The Urban League now has that money, and they want to know. They just don't want to spend it. They just aren't sitting around the boardroom deciding, this is what we want to do with the money. They're literally asking you to be a part of this official survey, this conversation of where this $100 million from the Lilly Endowment will go from the Urban League to you. How do you want to spend it? 317-239-9696. Let's try to do what we can in 30-second calls. Let's go to the caller on line three. Good morning. You're live on Open Lines. Who's this? Max. Max, you got 30 seconds. What do you want to do with $100 million to make life better for black Indianapolis? First of all, all, I wanted to say in 30 seconds, I wanted to say on the empowerment of the people, Mrs. Jackson, she is amazing. If she was the coach of the Pacers, they would still be in the playoffs. (laughs) If she was my coach, I'd be in the NBA right now. Well, they have a job opening. One thing, one thing about what she was talking about is money, 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 money. The kids need to know what money is. It's value that you can use to change the world. All right. They need to understand that. Kids need to understand that when you make money, you are earning value that you can use to make a difference in the world. All right. It's not just money. So, and then if they had $100 million, which they do or whatever it is, burn it. Well, we aren't doing that. Burn it, baby, burn it. <laughs> we gonna, we're going to burn it by nah. spending it in the community. All right, Max, thank you. That's your 30 seconds. 317-239-9696. Caller on line one. Good morning. Who's this? Hey, my name and what I was saying that we should actually do with the hundred million dollars is actually invest in the people that are out here with no food and stuff, standing on the side asking for money and stuff. Uh-huh. It's get it's getting real hard to hear you, Chief, but I'm hearing you say uh, more money for people who are on the side of the road, who are homeless, get those folks the off the street. People. Yes, we should get the homeless people off the street because they don't have nothing. And the people that do, sometimes we'll stop and give them something. But then it's just other people that just speed past, speed straight past them. We should invest in them and help them get off the streets so they won't have to sleep in this different types of weather. I got you. I got you. All right. Thank you for the call. Marshawn, uh, we got just a couple minutes left. If folks can't get on the air this morning, how can they still put in um, their suggestion for this $100 million? So we actually have a survey. Mm -hmm. um, A survey that that is actually out where we're asking um, questions about uh, what people would like to see from a prioritization perspective. They can go to the African American Coalition of Indianapolis Facebook page. We are on social media, and they'll be able to find the um, the survey there. All right, survey is online. We got a couple minutes left. Let's see what we can do on the phone lines. Caller on line three. Good morning. You're live on the air. Who's this? Hello. 
Hello? Hey, you got 30 seconds, $100 million. What do we do with it? Hey, subliminal messaging. We need to have billboards around this city saying, thou shall not kill. Put the scripture on this, because subliminal messaging in the black community, thou shall not kill. Mm-hmm. I've been talking this for the last you know, month or so. They need to have that message you know, on billboard, whether it be electronic or whether it be a hard billboard, thou shall not kill. And I believe that will curb the violence in this city. All right. Thank you so much. Let's keep going. Power Hour, 317-239-9696. Caller on line two. $100 million is up for grabs. What do we do with it? Hello? Hello, 30 seconds. What do we do? Um, I think you should use it for job development for young people. All right. Job development for young people. We'll add that one to the list. I'm trying to power on three. Uh, Caller on line one. What do we do? We invest in the black dollar, man. All right. But a little more specific. Give me 10 seconds. Specifics. We got to, uh, there's so many black businesses out here. We we just need to invest in all those small black businesses. All right. More investment in black businesses. As much fun as I'm having rolling through uh, these phone calls in a couple of seconds, that's going to do it for this edition of Open Lines. Marshawn, we got 30 seconds before Al Sharpton walks in. What do we, where do we go once again? Because the phone lines are still ringing. Where do we go to put our thoughts in on the survey? So you will be able to go to the African-American Coalition of Indianapolis Facebook page. And we're going to post the link to the survey on the Facebook page so that folks will have an opportunity to complete that survey. Uh, This is part of our uh, process of trying to be transparent, coming to the community, working with the community and not doing something for the community, but with the community to try to understand how to leverage $100 million to have a positive impact on our community. And not doing something for the community without talking to the community. Exactly. All right. Marshawn Woolley, it's been a pleasure uh, starting the Sunday off with you, sir. I hope you got a lot of information that will help make this city a better place for black life in Indianapolis. My phone lines are still ringing as we go off the air. Marshawn, again, thank you. The information on uh, how to fill out the survey, if you couldn't get on the radio, will be on the African-American Coalition's website. We'll be back next Sunday, live at 8, with more Open Lines. I'm Cameron Moodle. Have a great Sunday. See you.